Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, folks, and welcome to Chat Corner. I am sitting in my kitchen, not in New York, not in anywhere else, but just at home. Um, my wonderful children actually are here this afternoon, so I get to try to do my show with my kids home. This ought to be interesting, um, but they're all settled up and, and set to go. They're all excited because I'm interviewing someone today that actually met one of the Ghostbusters, so I think I made their day just by interviewing Alex today. And since I see he's on hold, I don't want to keep him, so without further ado, let's start our interview. I'm so excited. Hi, Alex. Hello. How are Hello. you? Hello. Hi. Wonderful. Can you hear me? Yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited to be doing this because I know so much about you that I didn't know before, and now that I know all this stuff about you, I'm totally intrigued. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think so. Um, I have a I have an initial question for you, and you're going to laugh at this, but you have to tell me the truth. I looked at about a hundred pictures of you some of which are clean-shaven and some of which are with the beard. So I asked myself, so which is more the traditional Alex, the guy with the beard or the guy without the beard? Okay, folks, now we seem to have lost Alex. (laughs) So it's always unfortunate when you get in the first two parts, literally the first two seconds of the show and you've lost your guest, which is kind of a bummer. Um, Since we're sitting here and since we're waiting for him to call back, let's just quickly go through our list of guests this week so that everybody knows what they can look forward to. Um, Obviously, of course, no show tomorrow for September 1st. Then we're back on air on Friday, and that's going to be 11 a.m. Author Gerald Weaver, um, your client of Josh Weissman's, actually. Oh, it looks like we have him back. So I'm going to put that on hold, and let's see if we get Alex again. Hi, Alex. Hello. hello. I lost you. What happened? Hello? Hello? Oh, goodness. Hello? 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 Hi. Hi. Apparently, it's not working very well. Can you hear me? (laughs) Can hear you. I'm I'm in a very muffled area right now. Yes, yes, I can. Okay. Okay, so now we can go to each other. Right now. (laughs) So, hi, Alex. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. I'm enjoying a a brief stay here in New York City uh, on leave from Los Angeles. So it's it's been quite a ride. (laughs) Oh, I imagine. You know, I just discovered yesterday that you tagged yourself August 26th. We were actually in New York City at the same time. I don't think I realized that until just today because I was just there for a short stint last week, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So we probably just missed each other. Yeah, it's a beautiful city. It's very, very hot right now, but it is. Oh my God! Right? Yes, that's right. And and tell me, you just ninety degrees. And then try going down to the subway station. Oh my God! When I was standing in the subway the other day, I thought I was going to die waiting for the subway. It's awful down there. I mean, it's just outrageous. Yeah, and that the uh, the train shortages weren't any better either. They stopped running a bunch of the trains around the city, so travelers were kind of stuck for a little while. But thankfully, I just missed that, and I'm. uh, hopping into a cab right now, so hopefully I'll be able to speak on the go. Gosh, I hope so. I'm so sorry that you're having to squeeze this in. I have tons of questions because I started to say, um, I know a lot more about you now than I did when I first started talking to you, and I'm really excited. There's a lot about you to like. There's a lot about you to know. I don't know if you know that or not, but it's my job to know that. (laughs) (laughs) I. I was asking first and foremost because I made an observation because I've gone through just pages and pages and pages about you and I have all different looks and images. 
you do the beard, then you don't do the beard. So I was asking myself just out of idle curiosity. So which one do you prefer, the bearded guy or the non-bearded guy? Because you flip back and forth. <laughs> well, actually, the non-bearded guy has been very, very prevalent lately because the show that I work ah. on, I, I work on currently How to Get Away with Murder, which is going to be airing uh-huh. on September 15th, I believe. It's going to be mid-September is when the, the season premiere starts. Uh, it needs to be clean-shaven. So when I work okay. on a lot of the shows, it's like I have a beard when I'm not working, and then when I do have to work, I actually have to shave it off completely. So non-bearded uh-huh. Alex is uh, very, very common. Gotcha. Okay, that's what I thought, because I was noticing it, and I thought, well, he is an actress, so I wonder if he has to do that or doesn't have to do that. Okay, so that kind of explains that yeah. question. Okay, now, first of all, before we get to Mr. Big Actor, because you are a big actor, producer, writer, et cetera, and the list goes on, I wanted to talk a little bit about, I noticed that you had done a theatrical production of The Wizard of Oz that you were involved in. That is way cool. <laughs> that is awesome. Talk to me about uh, that. Yeah, How'd you get involved in that? That's time. major. Yeah, once upon a time, I did a small theater production of The Wizard of Oz in Santa Monica. I went out for an audition to do Scarecrow, and that the, the guy who runs the theater loved it. And then he asked me to be a part of it. I said, of course, because I love musical theater. I grew up with that, and it was a big part of my life. So I did it. That's awesome. I saw the picture, and I thought to myself, that is really cool. That's like one of the best productions that are out there ever, in my personal opinion. I'm a huge wizard about it. Yeah. It was a good run. I mean, uh, we started for only like a a six-month period, and then every show was sold out. So then the theater manager extended the run, and then we kept doing it for another couple of months, and it was – it was a lot of fun. So that was a, a very, very loving experience. Everybody was great, the entire cast and crew. Oh, I imagine so, definitely. Now, are you like, um, most of the actors that I have talked to actually have somewhat of an affinity for the theater, and they find themselves kind of flip-flopping back and forth, meaning like either they do TV or film. They are kind of loyal to their start as far as theater goes. Do you still uh, dabble in the theater side of things, or is that something you just kind of started in and now you've progressed along? I would love to do more theater if time permitted, but like lately okay. and recently I've been completely working on television and theatrical projects. I mean, I've been right. wanting to do more theater, but honestly, if, if work is really happening right now, I've been going forward with that. And my ultimate career goal would be to be uh, A, a working actor, and B, also a thriving producer. So those are my okay. two main goals that I would like to pursue. Yeah. Nice, very nice, definitely. Now, because you are an actor, I am curious, and and you're more on the L.A. side of things versus New York. And Typically, I talk to my New York City actors. And so I know, of course, that you had uh, majored in communications and media through Suffolk County Community College. Did you pursue any kind of continuing education thereafter as it's relative to either acting or production, et cetera? College life seems like so long ago. It's such a distant past for me. I mean, when I went to college, I studied what I enjoyed, which is communication and media journalism, which is what I wanted to get into. I write here and there, just like creative writing, which turned into screenplays, and that's kind of what I've taken from it because I've always loved English. But uh, right. you know, now it's really just a nice piece of paper that's framed on the wall, and that uh, that's that's and I've continued to just learn doing freelance work, and then you know, uh, producers' assistants and all hands-on stuff. So it's kind of things. Okay in the classroom that have made me go the farthest in my in my own opinion. Gotcha. I gotcha. Now, um, I like to ask my actors to come on the show. Would you consider yourself to be more of a character actor versus a method actor? Talk to me a little bit about what kind of actor you consider yourself to be. And to those oh, that are listening character. out there. Cause I'm I mean, I'm not going to be a, a Liam Hemsworth. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to be a, any Thor or, you know, you know, strut, strut, like no. really good looking strapping, you know, lead actor. I'm a character actor. I would consider myself like a Bob Hoskins type, 
or, uh, you know, okay. like the comedy of a, of a Robin Williams look. I mean, it's just kind of what I've been going out for. Like when I did Silicon Valley uh, for the last two years, um, it mm-hmm. was looking for the nerdy type and that it was a, a programmer and that that was sure. a good thing to be a regular on. And uh, I kind of just own the look that the casting directors notice. And if you own it and okay. own it, then uh, it goes. Do you think it, it might be possible for you at some point down the road to stretch Maybe and do some method acting, do something that's completely out of character for yourself? Or is that, for some actors, I know that's kind of intimidating a little bit for them, to whether they shy away from that sort of experience. Would you say that well, you'd be open to something like that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if a role calls for something crazy, I mean, like, I like to go above and beyond and always try new things. So, <laughs> you know, I've, I've dabbled in experiences, and I, I would love to do something and seeing what the role is looking for. And then really embrace it, you know? I mean, it can be very dangerous and very intense, but uh, I, I love it because right. everything about the arts is uh, exciting for me. Oh, definitely, without a doubt. Now, you know, we talked about this the other day on my show, and this was with another producer or director. We spoke about, and because you're in L.A., you're probably one of the better people to ask this question to, Hollywood, obviously. When I think about arts and theater, of course, my heart's with New York, so I'm first and foremost there. But obviously, of course, Hollywood is in L.A., which is where you're located, of course. There are some people on both sides of the fence, and I know you do a great deal in the independent film side of things, so you're a perfect person to ask this to. Nowadays, there are half of the population that believes old Hollywood still exists and it's out there and they love that royalty and they love the glamour of it and the big budget sort of thing. On the other side of the fence, there's a whole slew of people that are all about the indie film is the way to go, it's the new rising thing, and stars can still work, etc. So tell me a little bit about, uh, without getting too political, because I know that that's hard for anybody when it comes to this, um, talk to me about, is Hollywood sort of a dying industry? for lack of a better way to put it. I'm not quite sure how else to phrase it. Um, it seems like the art is gone. The artistry, I should say, is gone. And it's uh, become about numbers now, and, and casting and things like that. That's only blockbuster studio pictures. The art is very much alive and thriving than dependent arts and film. Because, you know, oh, like the independent that. artists that aren't grafted with uh, the, or blessed with big budgets so that they can just, you know, have mm-hmm. FU money, if you might mind my language, that basically is, that they can, you know, do whatever they want with their budgets. People understand that they right. have X amount to work with and that they have a lot more based in script. So there'd be, like, better writing. There would be less VFX. There'd be more actor work. There would be uh, more utilizing of the resources that you do have. And that, you know, when people are hungry and that they're ready to really put this, something together for the love of the work, the film kind of turns out, you know, exponentially better than, uh, sure. than a studio film would. I mean, uh, if you look at the films that are usually nominated for Oscars, a lot of them are art house pictures. They're not really studio blockbusters. Like, you're not going to see Ghostbusters go up for an Academy Award. You're not going to see Fast sure. and Furious do something like that either. Right. But, you know, the films that really are right. amazing are the ones that have, you know, more attention to script and acting and directing in detail than a lot of them that have the VFX and that are just the popcorn flicks. You know, so um, I would really think that independent film is a really good resource for true cinema, good stories, and uh, engaging pieces. So. Oh, without a doubt, definitely. I mean, and, you know, obviously we're all excited about Hollywood and such, and I really I admire the fact that so many people on the Hollywood side of things have, have used their popularity and used their exposure to be able to do it for good. Obviously, we're in a very heated political situation at this point. You know, obviously there's no denying it. We're in the, in the midst of a presidential campaign, et cetera. And I like oh, the fact that oh, yeah. sometimes they can yes, draw – well, yeah, and I, you know where I'm going with this because I watch your page, whether you know it or not. So I see these posts, and I know that you're very – 
heavily active in your thoughts and opinions as it relates to the campaign. So the one thing I've been trying to ask people lately is, and this is what I find disheartening, and maybe you see the same in L.A., maybe you don't. People have become so inundated with information and dirty, just dirty. Campaigns can get very dirty, and there's a lot of mudslinging and slewing and, and, and just negative bad press towards one another. So my question is, why do you think it is that politics has become so ugly to the point where literally people are actually defriending each other? They're not talking to each other. It's become very ugly. I don't know if it's like that there, but here it's, it's just gotten way out of hand. Politics have always been extremely ugly throughout the ages, except now with the increase of technology, including Twitter mm-hmm. and, and all social media and things like that. It's just kind of gone above and beyond. You know, it's always been dirty. Sure. You read things in the headlines of newspapers, which was the medium that he was able to get news and communication across now. You know, people are just misquoting things, facts are wrong, and that they're throwing out ridiculous statements. And there's no, uh, no one is held liable for anything that they do. So if anybody says anything, right. it causes a big ruckus, and then it goes away, and then it's up to the next big thing that they say. And that's just kind of how, you know, this political season has progressed. Now, personally, I mean, I've, I've had a very long and emotional investment into this election, and my heart has broken way too many times, especially for the candidates that I have fought for. Uh, you know, I won't go too heavily into that because, I mean, I, the audience that is listening can obviously have their own personal political opinions. So, you know, I, uh, I did what I could, and I had to separate myself after, after my, my, the person that I right. wanted to get in obviously didn't go as far as right. I hoped. But, you know, I say God bless America and uh, good luck with it because uh, the people have spoken. So apparently we, quote, have said, unquote, and uh, these are the candidates you got. So good luck with that oh i know right i and i totally agree with you and i and i think it's you know like i said nowadays it's just become a just hot point it's a hot circle no matter where you go somebody's always bringing it up nobody's really getting along and you can't really agree and it's it's just very 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 stepping on hot stones especially in our industry our industry is very very blue democratic and i mean you know they're kind of split down the middle i mean my favorite right are tim robbins susan sarandon danny devito uh you know uh, danny glover Obviously, these people have stepped up for what could have been the best president of our country since Robert F. Kennedy, but hey, to now, so best of luck, America. We did what we could. And I agree with you 100%. That would have been my candidate as well. So now I'm just looking at this yeah. and, and just sitting back on the sidelines like, oh, my God. And then you go to New York City, and then it's all about the Trump Tower, and I'm like, oh. Well, we don't have to go into all that. I'm just, I wanted to get your take on that because I find it intriguing, especially in LA because, you know, obviously, of course, you you have it split everywhere. So I just want to get your take on that. Um, But back to you. So, Breezeway Productions, formed in 2010 by yourself. Um, What I think really neat is I took a look at all these different pictures and just as my listening audience, so you get an understanding of what Alex does, obviously, you do all various sorts of events. So what I want to ask you is, is, as of late, within the last year, let's say, what are you, do you have a primary focus, meaning you're going to cover just film festivals, or are you across the board, or what's business been like? What have you been covering? What are the things that really get you excited to cover? Okay. Like your favorite well, uh, my favorite things that I've covered with my company have been technology shows, food festivals, red carpets for film premieres, celebrity interviews, and, uh, you know, we really work freelance. So if a client comes to us and that they have an event that's going on and they're looking for media exposure, we would come in with a host or a uh, camera crew and then interview the people that are there. For instance, sometimes it's chefs, sometimes it's independent brands or startups that are trying to get their word out there for helping in branding and promotions. Uh, sure. You know, companies come to us and work with us to help increase their branding. I mean, like I work with companies from 
Illinois and Florida and Delaware and, you know, Los Angeles and California, from all over the country, they really come to these events and that they want to get their, their name and their branding and help increase their exposure and marketing. So uh, we provide them with, with videos and pictures and all types of content that they can use, you know, that our company gives to them and that they, they love the trade of goods and services because they get their marketing and advertising and we get to work with them as clients. So, you know, the red carpets and those events are one half of it. And the other half of it is like we were talking about with independent film productions. Um, you know, we've done one feature film and two short films currently. One's in post and the last film that we did uh, went through the film circuit. Uh, the last festival that we did was the Cannes Film Festival in France, which was very, very thrilling right. and exciting. It really opened my eyes towards the uh, film and entertainment community internationally. And um, as I continue to grow, I, I really like to, you know, network with my peers and just basically just want to make movies. And that as I learn more about it, I find out more about distribution and getting it out there to the rest of the world. And uh, it's a very exciting process. So I really feel like I've had the passion to do this and what I want to commit my life to. So. Nice. Now, let me ask you, because obviously that's one of the coolest parts about my job is all the different people that I meet. Everybody that comes to my show is a celebrity me, because you do something that I can't do, of course. So has this job been able to align you with meeting the one celebrity or that one person you've wanted to work with or meet yet? Well, I've met lots and lots of people over my travels, honestly, and and they stay around the people that really, you know, mean a lot to me that I've worked with. And, uh, And and it's it's been a great experience. Have I met the one? I don't I don't think that there's really the one to partner with. It's like you know the Spielberg and uh, George Lucas. Obviously, they've worked with many many different people over the course of their lives that have created the, yes. the films that they have. I mean, I haven't found my my Leonardo DiCaprio to my Martin Scorsese yet. <laughs> but I mean, right. I would love to have that happen. But I've had producing partners that I've been successful with. Uh, on numerous projects. I've had some that have not been so successful because of, you know, personalities or other outside of circumstances. And you just, I've been really feeling it out with collaborations and I'm looking to expand to international territories next year uh, and the coming months. Uh, Looking to film in Ireland. I've been working with writers and producers and talking to their film board. And I'm just, you know, it really just testing the waters and that one that clicks really clicks. I mean, uh, my publicist and producing partner, Josh Mitchell, is an old friend of mine, and uh, we've made mm-hmm. a lot of pieces together. And, um, you know, he really, we, we put ourselves out there. We, we make our movies and that we promote ourselves, and uh, we're filmmakers, and that's all we want to do with our lives, really. That's awesome. So that answers my question, how you met Josh, actually. We, we met through a mutual friend, and so I haven't had the pleasure of actually physically meeting him yet. But I know he's talked to me about the, the various different projects, and it's exciting. I mean, it's just he's all over the place. He's very, very impressive in terms of what he's done with himself. And I was very confident oh, yeah. when I was going to interview you. I thought, yeah, you guys are very aligned well together. You both have done a tremendously great job with what you've had to work with, and you're great at self-promotion, and you're really great at being able to help others find their potential as well, which is a very important component nowadays that's just my personal great opinion guy we've been working together for years he directed the film that went to can we've i helped produce his feature lack of cockery which is the first film we did in right. 2014 so it's been uh it's been a great working relationship for both of us he's the man i gotcha you gotcha yeah now i want to step back a little bit to talk about um i know that you were in the student theater arts program at herrick high school so there are some people that come on this show that talk about they really never had a, a real structure or formalized education, if you will. They kind of just took a class or two classes. Tell me, this particular arts program, was it of a benefit to you? Meaning, would you have not been of the same caliber without this, do you think? 
uh, you t- you're talking about like film school and uh, yes. and classes that I've taken in this art? Yes. Well, you know, Correct. that's also an interesting thing because film schools, uh, they help you get started and get into it and that you can learn as much as you can from a textbook, but the majority right. of the skills that I've learned have been from hands-on experiences. It helped me get started. I learned the basics of different, uh, you know, like, like post-production and producing and writing and creating scripts and casting and directing. And, I mean, I, I, I started learning about it that way. And then, you know, save yourself some money in student loans, and then you might as well just uh, <laughs> just learn on your own and work independently on a couple of sets. You know, you won't get sure. paid in the beginning, but uh, you really learn invaluable skills and expertise by doing that. Oh, definitely. I agree with you. And, and you know, some people can make it work by having a very limited access. And sometimes it comes down to the people that surround you. You'd be surprised how one acting coach I've heard or one person that you've acted along or beside can make an impact or a big difference on you, which is interesting. Now, um, I always find, I find this intriguing because you actually, according to your bio, began at the tender age of three. Now, as a mom of four, I'm trying to picture this because I'm like, my child at three is like babbling walking around the house and laughing to himself and doing all this. And I'm like, okay, so what was he doing at age three? So what was little Alex uh, doing at age three well, when he started his uh, career? Yeah, it all started with Home Alone 2 in, in New York when I was in Duncan's toy chest. I was uh, walking ah. down the streets of New York with my family, and uh, they stopped us. So the legend goes is that they stopped and they asked if we wanted to run around to the toy shop. And, of course, my mom was like, yeah, sure. So she filled out some paperwork. And I ran in there, and then, you know, there's a shot of Macaulay Culkin in the middle of the toy store. And, uh, you know, I just um, uh, run around. And that was, like, where the first <laughs> gig happened. So that was a fun little experience. And I also grew up around, you know, theatrical lifestyles. My, my right. mom wanted to go out for Broadway. Uh, she was an actress out here, and that she's been doing a lot of theater her whole life. So I, and my brother was also the same, and then I did a lot of that in school. So basically, like, it's all I've known is theater and arts and movies, which is what brings my family together. And uh, so I can't believe it took me a lot, this long to really dive into it 100%, but I have, and uh, ah, no regrets. And just so you know, folks, as he's talking right now, he's really not that old, so it's not like he doesn't have legions of years to catch up, because you're a little younger than I am. No, so almost you're, 30, you're doing okay. 28. Yeah, <laughs> and doing quite well, my dear, I have to say. Now, um, Thank you, those that are listening in that don't know, he is a native New Yorker, meaning from Long Island, and of course now he lives in Hollywood. So um, I'd uh-huh. like to get this feed from you, or I should say, let me ask this question. Because you used to reside in New York City, then you moved along to Hollywood, talk to me a little bit about the difference in terms of a lot of actors and a lot of people in the business talk about not only competition, but just... You know, you get in some areas, I want to know, uh, New York City is very rich in arts and theater. Obviously, so is L.A. I think that there are differences between the two. So for you personally and professionally, which do you feel that has been, which has behooved you better? Meaning, which do you fit into better in terms of your your craft, where you're better at succeeding, where you're most comfortable at? Well, um, I never really pursued the film industry in New York while I was growing up here. I kind of just... You know, grew up like every regular person of just going to middle school, high school, and then met my friends, and I went to college, I joined the fraternity, and then I finished that, and then I went out there, and, and I just uh, was like, entertainment industry, here I come, and no idea what I was doing. And after a lot of trial and error, it kind of just started figuring things out bit by bit and uh, met a lot of people along the way, so just kind of removed fear from my mindset and just went for it. 
But, uh, you know, I've looked into the New York industry and I'm finding out more about it from my friends and colleagues mm-hmm. that work in it. And there's a lot of work mm-hmm. on both sides, both coasts. So, you know, right. uh, I, I, but I know more about Los Angeles and after spending five years out there and I've gotten into the groove and my, and my network and connections of people that are out there are in Los Angeles. Uh, that's where I continue to thrive. I would love to be bi-coastal, but, um, you okay. know, this, this market in New York is still very new to me. I gotcha. Yes, yes, because I have now, uh, in the last year or so, gotten more heavily connected in independent films. So now I can tell you, it's oh, my God, it's so rich with opportunity, and there's so many festivals. And what's nice is it's kind of the same but different. I'm starting to notice that you know a lot of people that I know in L.A., whereas in New York it's kind of the same way. Once you get into that indie film thing, everybody knows everybody. It's almost like a family of sorts, if you will. It just depends on the genre you're doing and such. And it's interesting. I, that's why I thought to myself, I'm surprised you're not by coastal by this point because you've gotten big enough, and you know enough people so I thought it just seemed logical to me that you'd be able to fit into both very eclectically just my case right I just but, you're right, you know, right what can I say we'll just keep shopping for opportunities until we get Alex in both places and then this way we can be in the same place at the same time which is cool and since you brought your mother up I was going to bring her up myself so this is what I found interesting when I was researching you um, I can only assume or ascertain that your mother has been quite the inspiration for you because I realize, of course, she is the primary parent in your life. Um, I just am curious to ask. Uh, some people have very supportive parents, and this industry can be very tough, a lot of rejection, a lot of frustration, a lot of hard work, sometimes with not much of a payoff. Um, tell me or tell our audience a little bit about how she's inspired you and how she helps you to achieve and ascertain your goals. Well, I mean, I was raised by a single parent. Um, you know, my father mm-hmm. left my life when I was really early, so her independence was very inspiring to me. She raised two kids on her own, and, uh, you know, she's a, she's a fighter towards what she believes in, and she just wants, you know, people to be happy and to pretty much pursue mm-hmm. what they love. It uh, took me a long time to figure out that film was what I actually loved and where I belong. So, uh, you know, her determination and her perseverance are something that was inspiring. And, you know, when I was younger, I got bullied a lot, I guess, as a lot of other people have. And that just uh, put a big chip on my shoulder to prove people wrong. And that uh, that helps to motivate me to get shit done. And everybody that wants to say otherwise or say I'm not good enough or say that this part isn't for me, I say you're lost, you know, and then just keep oh. keep going and, and not uh, not get swayed. Because, you know, I've definitely had the thought cross my mind dozens of times but uh just don't act on it and keep going right i agree i definitely agree and i like that attitude too and it's important to have that you have to really know where you are and what you're doing and stay true to that and that's that's very important and that's nice that you had that family support and and that sounds wonderful and i saw the pictures of you and your mom and i thought oh that's so lovely you have a really nice family (laughs) kudos to you yeah we're a small family but i'm i'm very much like all the other young jewish boys from new york who love their mothers and uh Want to make them proud, Good so very proud That's moment awesome. to have her out there in uh, in Hollywood on the red carpet for our Holly Shorts Film Festival screening. Uh, I was able to right. get my name on the big screen to show our film to see like how the industry is and meet other filmmakers, and it was uh, it was a very very prime moment of my life to see that. And I when I went to Cannes, I sent her the book that the festival gives out of all of the films that are included, and I found ours and I circled it. I sent it to her, and then of course I. I mean, that's that's what I strive for because, you know, my brother's extremely successful as a thriving lawyer in New York. And, you know, my mom is, you know, like, what, I'm a filmmaker from California. Okay. It's like I'm no big shot. But, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I keep hitting and it's the hardest industry in the world. So 
you know, just oh, don't quit. I agree. I agree with you. Now, before we get on to talking to uh, you about your illustrious player as it relates to movies and television, of course, a couple quick questions for you. For one, this question is from my children, and my boys are both younger. They're 9 and 12, or actually, I'm all right, 10 and almost 12. Get it right, Mom. And they had a very important question because they knew that the guest that I was interviewing today had actually met one of the Ghostbusters. And they were like, Mom, you have to ask him what it was like to know the Ghostbusters. So you met Ernie Hudson, I see. That is exciting yeah, and cool. Uh, that's that's funny. I've I've met Ernie and I've met Dan Aykroyd as well uh, on a singular <gasps> occasion. Both of them are oh amazing people. I've I've also went to screenings of the movie Saint Vincent, and then uh, Bill Murray was in that, so I've heard him speak at Q and A's mm-hmm. as well. But uh, the people nice. I've met personally, I've met Ernie Hudson at least three or four times at different events. All of them are wonderful people uh, in different regards. Ernie is very, very uh, genuine and sincere and loving and caring. He's very soft-spoken, but, uh, you know, very, very, just, you know, obviously he's been doing movies since before I was born, and he's been able to, to hang around and still going and, and getting in films on independent level and higher. So he was a wonderful man to meet. And, and when I was interviewing him on the red carpet, he dropped his famous, that's a big Twinkie line, which was, which was hilarious <laughs> and uh, very encouraging. Um, Dan Aykroyd is a, mm. was a wild man. Uh, when I met him, he was partying pretty hard. Uh, he geared a lot oh. of his life towards the skull vodka, which is uh, made in Canada. So all the vodka that you see that's in the shape of the skull bottles, I believe that he invested in that company. Yeah. So he's been okay. doing well as a businessman and entrepreneur. Also, very nice guy, but yeah, he likes to party. So he he was really cool to hang out with uh, as well. It was uh, it was a good time. Oh my god, that's awesome! Yeah, because they saw that and they were like, oh my gosh, because of course they insisted I take him. And I assume you went to the new movie because we just saw it, I think a month ago or something like that. Because you know that just came out. Um, I'm sure he was at the Ghostbusters premiere. Yeah, I. I oh, I'm sure. Uh, did not partake. I I, I kind of like to keep the classics exactly where they are, so if anyone from Hollywood is listening that happens to be in a studio executive position, please stop <laughs> making remakes. Please. I, I, I don't know why they keep doing it, and I think they should just leave things Amen. alone. And, uh, Amen. Amen. I know, right? It's just, you know, it's the kids, of course, because they're kids. So they were like, okay, the ghosts and everything else and stuff. And I, of course, as a writer, I look at the the writing and I look at, of course, at other things. But I was like, yeah, it was like a six or so. And the kids are like, oh, my God, it's like a nine, ten. And I'm like, oh, my God, no, it's not. Because it's Uh, not that. It's not the original. You know what I mean? It's so different now. And and I love girls. Don't get me wrong. But it's just not quite the same. So I absolutely agree with you. Stop doing the remakes unless it's four. Or the Avengers, or anyone like that. Oh yeah, my friend told me today they're remaking Mary Poppins. Uh, they're remaking are you serious? Blue. They're remaking <gasps> movies that are just—it's breaking my heart. I mean, especially the Kim Curry they gave a role to for it. That like leave these classics alone. Oh. I swear, if they start remaking Patrick Swayze movies, I give up because it doesn't. No, it doesn't, stop the madness. Oh and my maybe God! This is insane. Ben Hur didn't make any money. Uh, there's the original, which they should have just left as a right. classic. But I, maybe right. until like they lost seventy million on Ghostbusters, and that, you know when producers are going to start to see you're not going to be making money from these remakes, why do them? Just be more creative, and that is what I hope gives paves the way for independent films and actual good scripts and original writing to start making new films that will become instant classics like those films did. So, you know, as all artists try and do, to continue moving forward. 
I mean, there's all sorts of controversy over different independent films like Birth of a Nation, which is coming out. When I was at Sundance, they got an unbelievable, you know, round of applause, best film ever, you know, sold $40 million or an unbelievable amount. And then the director happened to have a very horrible past, which has surfaced and then caused all these commotions. I mean, I, I don't understand why people can't just look at the art form and take it for as it is. For instance, like, my family can't watch anything Mel Gibson anymore because of his personal life. And I strongly disagree with that because these people are, are actors. They're not being themselves. Look at them for who they are. It shouldn't affect how the film itself is. If they're, I mean, if they're terrible people, then they'll be held accountable for it in real life. This is, this is something completely different. This is an artist's form of creation. You know, I mean, Woody Allen continues to create films, and his also past is questionable, but it's not about that. It's about the projects that they do. If you want to talk about the person themselves, then obviously they should be held accountable for, for, their, for their sins as a person, but don't bring down the, the project itself because there's so many more people that are involved. There's the actors, there's the writers, there's the, the, the post-production people, the, the, the set designers. I mean, there's a whole village of people that you can't just say, I'm not going to watch this film because one person ruins it for everybody. So that's my take on that look. And, uh, you know, obviously that's highly controversial for everybody. Hello? 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 Okay, hello. Hello? I don't know. Maybe she cut me off because I got too intense. Hello? 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 We just kept rambling on and she was just over it. 